Hey, we're glad to have you back for another episode of the Welcome to the Table podcast. Woo-hoo. My name is Sean. <laughs> My name is Khalil. And we're your hosts on the podcast where we talk all about life and faith and really what it looks like to be disciples of Jesus in this cultural moment. And we're so glad to have you join in. If you're new to the show, we'd encourage you to subscribe for future episodes. And we're just thankful to have you have you join in with us. Yeah, there's five stars on the subscribe thing. There are. You can hit all five of those stars. Yeah. And we will not complain. We wouldn't. So, yeah, we appreciate uh, appreciate everybody who subscribes and listens in. So grateful well, for you. Sean. Yes. Question for you. Uh-oh. What's going on? <laughs> How, how's life? What, what's going on in your life? What is, what's, what's God doing in your life? What's he teaching you? What's, what's happening yeah. in Sean's world? We've been kind of, it's interesting because, um, those of you who have been have been subscribed or have listened for a while now, um, we launched our podcast in um, March of 2020, I believe it was, or right in that. March or April, yeah. March or April, right in that time frame. And uh, one of the things we decided to do right out the gate was uh, spiritual practices, ancient practices, spiritual disciplines. And... Um, it has been a journey for me and my family as we right alongside of the podcast have been gotten really serious with ancient practices. And, um, within that feel like the Holy spirit has really done some deep work in my heart and in my life. Mm. And, um, one of the things recently is just realizing that, um, I am very much, I fear things. I, f- I'm, I fear things other than fearing the fear of God. If that mm-hmm. makes sense. It's like, yeah. I, I know I'll probably have to unpack that a little bit, but there's a sense in me that I really want everybody to think that I am awesome. Mm-hmm. Like, and I am like, the man and you get your, and I, what I've found myself doing and not even realizing it, it's kind of slowly, probably over years or maybe even decades formed in me that, um, I've grounded, rooted my identity a little bit too much in the applause of man, mm. of people and what people might think or see or, or say, or how they might act and respond to me. Um, it takes, um, it takes authority over the authority of Christ. And so over the last few years, I've really noticed that rise to the surface, some deep insecurities and whatnot. And, um, and I think the Holy Spirit's just really uprooting some of that um, through certain liturgies and through a lot of uncertainty in our current cultural climate and yeah. co- current cultural moment too. So, um that's a real general kind of like yeah. 30,000 foot view. And there's definitely some practicals to that, but, um, yeah. No, thank, yeah. Thanks for being, being authentic and yeah. vulnerable. Cause I, I mean, man, I'm sure a lot of people say me too, you know, or, yeah. you're not alone in that. I mean, I, I definitely yeah. experienced some things, um, as well that, that God's doing and working on me, but you'd said that kind of, find yourself living for the the applause of man right too much how does that play out in 
in your life or how do you notice that in your heart? What, what's, what's happening there that's kind of sh- revealing that? I think often it's almost an internal battle. So if I say something or I know that in my, with the role that I carry um, as a pastor of pastors, if I'm putting on an event or if I am doing a training or teaching or preaching or, you know, whatever it might be, my immediate thought oftentimes has been, what if, what have people thought about that? Mm. And sometimes I'll even go to the person who might have been or the group or individuals who might be extra critical or I might actually even have a lot of respect for. And I want to know what that person has said or what they're thinking or what they believe about me and my, I, what a couple of things have come, uh, come to fruition or come to the surface is that, um, I am how well or not well I perform, Mm. which isn't biblical or I am tied to like, so I'm tied to my performance or I'm tied to what people think or say about whatever I might do or whatever I'm leading or whatever. And so that was an initial trigger for me. If Mm. I'm thinking more about what everybody else is thinking or saying versus what Jesus says about me and who I am, there's some something off there. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, it's not throwing the 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 I word at you, but it's an, <laughs> it's an, like an idolatry that totally. starts creeping up. You know, totally. where it seems like other people's words and opinions start to matter more than Jesus. Man, mm-hmm. and I, I mean, I've experienced that on so many levels because because when God's word is what matters most, those things don't even seem to matter. Right. You know. They don't even seem to matter. And I'm sure you've been in places where that's been true, mm-hmm. where you've been like, yeah, people say stuff, but I'm, I feel secure right. in this. Um, right. And, and even in our culture where, especially if you're a follower of Jesus, and I know we probably have some who are listening that wouldn't claim that, but are curious and want to check things out and enjoy the episodes that we put out as well. But for the most part, if, if you're a follower of Jesus, what you say and what you do will be continue to be more and more scrutinized in our culture. And so it's actually been a beautiful journey of mm. me recognizing this because I believe it's preparing me even better for the future because this isn't going to go away. Mm. Right. Um, and so that has been um, overall something that I'm, the Holy Spirit just really digging in on in my life. And so one of the things that's really helped is this um, practice of the Sabbath that my family and I are going through that is helping shape me. One of the habits that are, or rituals that are helping to shape me um, to recognize that um, I am Jesus's son Mm. first and foremost, before anything, before I get anything right or wrong, before anything, an event flops or I, say something stupid from the mic and somebody is outraged about it. Even if I don't say something dumb, even, even somebody just looks at me and says, Oh yeah, I just don't like you. Like, right. You know, I'm before any of that, you know, so Sabbath has been one thing and we can maybe unpack it, but anyway. Yeah. That's, that's interesting. I was like, I could just keep asking questions. I I don't know. (laughs) But I want to know what you, what about you though? We can, 
yeah yeah what is what is god doing in me yeah. right now well you know it's yeah it is crazy we've been doing this podcast for a little while now yeah, which is awesome two years and doing <laughs> ministry and that was when i the january 2020 was when i officially stepped full into the youth ministry role at our church and was overseeing all of it and it's been awesome it's also been a really hard journey you know stepping in and, and taking the lead right before covid and then that, that you know changed the way ministry was done entirely for so many yeah. and i know that i know that these last couple of years can't believe it's been a couple of years but have been hard for a lot of people it's for a yeah. lot of people in ministry and otherwise um i think so, so scripture that has been in my heart for a while psalm one has always been one of my key scriptures because it talks about you know not being a certain type of person who who is with sinners and scoffers and 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 rejects god but that there's this blessed person who delights in the law of the lord meditates on his law day and night right and it says in verse three three and then four and it says that, that he's like a tree that's planted by streams of water right. and that being the spirit us being that tree planted by the spirit and his leaf doesn't wither, right? Mm -hmm. He it, he bears fruit in the right season, and all that he does, he prospers. And I go, man, I want to prosper. I right. don't want the leaf of my life to wither, to grow tired. And and so that scripture has been in my head for a long time. And then recently, I just felt like God was pointing me back to John 15, where yeah. you know Jesus says, "I am the true vine; my Father is the vine dresser." And then he continues on, and I believe it's verse four. You know, he says, "Abide in me." and I in you. And it just makes me think back to someone. Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit by itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. He says, I am the vine. He just keeps saying that. And so it's been making me think about my abiding. And so over these last, um, especially several months, I've noticed that I've just been like, I've, I don't know, in some ways just growing weary or growing more, mm -hmm. more tired, more fatigued and, um, not having as much peace and peace of mind. And, you know, we talk a lot about disciplines here. So it seems like both of ours are kind of revolving around some disciplines. Yeah. But I, I was, I've been feeling like, man, I'm not where I want to be. I don't feel like I'm necessarily prospering in all that I do or, or bearing fruit in its season. I feel like my leaf's kind of withering a little <laughs> bit. And the Lord's just been bringing me back to the idea of abide in me. And really what it looks like to do that on a deeper level. And I would say, if we look at my spiritual disciplines and my abiding, they're not quite what I would like them to be. And I don't know if, you know, anyone listening is like me. There are seasons where I feel like my spiritual habits are like, I'm like Jesus and me, we probably got the same habits. I'm, I'm <laughs> killing it. And then there are seasons where I don't know why, but I just seem to step back from some of the disciplines that I know are so important. Um, not entirely, but why do I step back at all? And in those seasons, it's like things always get harder. I'm always yeah. more tired. I always feel less fruitful. And I feel like God's just reminding me and, and inviting me really to say, abide in me on a deeper level than you ever have mm -hmm. uh, in these disciplines, in, in scripture, engage with me in new ways, yeah. um, in your prayer life. What does it look like to freshen up your prayer life with me? Um, what does it look like to abide in me with in fasting, to trust me in fasting, to go deeper in your Sabbath? Kind of a kind of multifaceted on a lot of different spiritual disciplines, but to just abide deeper and um and to I guess it's to trust that if I will abide well, all will be okay. Mm -hmm. All will be okay. And so, like you said, you know, it 
yours is kind of challenging and doesn't sound good on the surface, but you said it's a great um, opportunity yeah. to go deeper. And I feel like this is a great opportunity for me to go deeper where I feel like God is drawing me to be a tree with deeper roots right? and to really trust in him in a deeper way in what's been, you know, a fairly difficult season yeah. in a lot of different ways. Yeah. I think that, I mean, I think that is very relatable though too, because you're right. I think we've all been experiencing the, the you can't live right now and not experience just the weight of what is happening in our world, mm -hmm. you know? And so what would be, I, I'm curious, what would be a couple of ways you've mixed up your ancient practices a little bit? What are a couple of things? Cause you'll never get to the end of Jesus. Yeah. There will always be something new, something fresh, a way to rejuvenate, a way to restore, you know, and so on and so forth. So what's been a couple of things that have been really beneficial and you're abiding. Yeah, that's that's good question. I think I'm still figuring it out. Mm -hmm. And I think I would even divert from that a little bit for a second because part of it is I feel like I, I'm a little busy. Mm. I just feel a little busy. And one of my goals is always I want margin in my life. Rather than mm -hmm. I'm not going to let busyness be success to me. Right. Where people say, how are you doing? And I go, Busy. Well, busy. Tech, like I'm busy. Oh, be impressed. Mic drop. I want, <laughs> I want to, and I'm not anywhere near this, but I want when people say, how are you doing? I'm just like, I'm doing great. And I've got margin rest and I'm with spending time with my family and loved ones. And I feel rested and joyful and rejuvenated. <laughs> people probably hate me. People don't know what to do. Like, right? Oh, that's good. <laughs> like wild, but to not, to not rejoice in busyness, but to rejoice in rest, which comes back to Sabbath. Yeah, that's good. To, to, because I think we work so hard with this idea that one day, then I'll be able to rest. Right. If I work really hard right now, then eventually I'll be able to rest. And like you talked about Sabbath, God's saying you can rest right now. 100%. You can experience heavenly rest with me right now. Right. Once a week, there's a Sabbath day to experience the joy of heaven now, to put down the cares and the worries of the world now. Like you don't have to wait until retirement to hopefully be able to put some stuff down and take a deep breath. And so, I feel right. a little, I feel a little busy and I'm not exactly clear on what is making me feel busy. So there are a lot of probing questions I'm asking in mm -hmm. prayer. And I think that's shaping a lot of my prayer is God, what, what is not right? What are the things I should be doing? What things should I be putting down? Is there anything that isn't from you? Or maybe there's things that I want to do, but you didn't ask me to do and, and trying to kind of focus in on what's what he's asking me to do and what he's not asking me to do so I can get more yeah. of that margin. With that margin, want to fill that with time with God. And I'm just like anyone else. Sometimes I get the margin and I fill it with something else. So it's the discipline of of catching that and saying, no, this is what I want most. But I would say um, for my Bible reading, I read different ways, but I think I would just say I'm mixing it up. I'm trying a lot of different things. And when something feeds me, sticking with it until it doesn't. I, I had a, a really great professor of mine one time said, have devotion time, but if your devotional time is not growing your devotion, mm -hmm. do something else. Right. And I was like, oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> so, you know, it could be a version Bible plan. That hasn't been the thing for me right now. It could be a deep dive, a deep study of scripture. But right now it's kind of just been reading through my Bible in an NLT and just mm -hmm. letting the story wash over me. Yeah, uh, letting the story of the Bible wash over me, not going deep on it. Yeah. And normally I say, hey, study the scripture deeper. But right now I'm saying, let me just read the scripture. And when it convicts me, listen to that 
and go to God in prayer with that and let that be my application for the day. Um, prayer, it's just continuing to, sometimes you get in a prayer rut, you kind of pray the same things. Yeah. So it's trying to look outside of what I'm currently praying for and switching out my prayers. So maybe it's um, more intercession or maybe it's praying for other people more mm-hmm. or maybe it's just prayers of gratitude. So I stop asking and for so much and, and being more grateful. Um, praying in the spirit more, uh, totally. you know, yeah. just praying in the spirit. I don't know what to pray right now, but I'm going to let the spirit pray on my behalf and in, in the words and heart of God for me and just engaging in that. And then trying to figure out what my Sabbath and solitude time looks like in a way that is really joyful and life-giving. Mm-hmm. So a lot of experimenting for me is just cool. Um, seeing if there's practices I can engage in, but maybe I can hit them from a different angle and experience right. God in a new way. Because like you said, there you always can. There's always oh, yeah. new ways. And sometimes our our spiritual life gets in a little bit of a rut. Yeah. And all you need to do is freshen it up a little bit. And that brings some revelation. Yeah. So you said something, and I think, well, we could even add this, but there's a book called Crazy Busy by Kevin DeYoung. And it's a small book, a slim read. And um, it talked about busyness and it made me think of mm. the fact that we, as a culture, it doesn't matter whether you're a follower of Jesus or not, we have become owned by the mantra of merit, progress, and performance. So what's interesting is even our vacation, our vacations are time off or our paternity leaves and maternity leaves and, and, and the time to get rest and rejuvenated mm-hmm. is because our metrics tell us that a person who has time off, they perform better. Mm-hmm. So it's the cyclical thing where yeah. everything we do is, is driven towards not, I, I shouldn't, no, I would say that culturally, everything we do is driven towards because I want to be m- more successful and perform better. And it's a meritos, mm. you know, it's just this, this, this cultural wave It's just the wave of humanity really to everything I do is to, to go toward performing at my peak or at that, that summit level for me, mm. even my rest is that. So Sabbath even pushes against some of that. And I just was kind of thinking about that, that where it's, it's not the type of rest that helps me perform better yeah. at my job or, or, or it's good for our mental health. It's mm-hmm. great for your, your health as a whole, yeah. but it's to cease to celebrate that I'm not God and I don't have to be God. Mm-hmm. He's God. And to celebrate that when you pause, you get to see how much he cares for you. Right. Cause it's like, I look at all that I have life. around me and family and friends. And I have, mm-hmm. I have, look at the weather. Like, hopefully right. you're not looking outside and you're like, the weather sucks. <laughs> but no, you look outside and you go, wow, it's beautiful. And there's a nature I can walk in yeah. and, and I have provision from God I'm taking care of. And, mm-hmm. and he's got me. And, you know, I was talking to, several people this has come up many many times in the last couple weeks the same phrase i just feel behind behind yeah or tired or and well i just feel behind but it's like behind on what or right right. what are you trying to get to it and you know people can't people can't rest because they feel like they're constantly behind on life goals or I should be at this certain place by this age right i should have done this by now like i i i wish i would have got 
And so everyone's feels behind, 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 behind. And so no one's resting well because we feel so behind that we feel like we got to keep going. And I just don't think it, I don't think God says we're behind. No. I mean, if the goal is sanctification, to be made like Jesus, every day we are right where we're supposed to be. Mm-hmm. If we're abiding in him, mm-hmm. if we're resting in him, if we're trusting in him. It's like for you, Sean, if you're, if you're hearing his voice and his word and it's right. the only thing that matters, um, you're not behind on anything. You don't, we have, you have no one's approval to win. You have right. his. And, um, I, you know, I'm a, I'm a victim to the, the voices of culture that make me feel like there's some level of achievement we've got to right. pursue. And then the voices creep in or the discouragement creeps in, or you work to the point you're tired rather than, um, work to work and then rest and enjoy. And there's definitely those cultural rhythms. I know seems like both of us are facing in different ways. I just wonder as a, a culture at, uh, at large, you know, for everyone listening, like how many, what percentage of people are right. feeling some of that same things. And maybe there's something cultural that all of us need to combat, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, and culturally we are, um, con- um, we are bombarded with this idea that you are, you belong to yourself. Mm-hmm. And so if that is true, if it is true, which as followers of Jesus, we would believe it to not be true. Yeah. Um, we, it, but if it is true, there's this demand that you can't meet because we are unable to. You're always trying to get to the next rung in the ladder. You're always trying to improve and better yourself and become the person, you know, you want to be or hope to be or this or that based on cultural standards and metrics that are constantly shifting, constantly changing. There's no solid ground in them. The truths are changing. One, you know, one, one day gluten is really good for you. The next it's not. Soy milk is in and then now oak milk is in and now dairy is terrible and now dairy is awesome. You know, my, when we first had our, our, started having our kids, one of my mom, I think it was my mom, said you never let the baby sleep on on their stomach and my mother-in-law said you you never let the baby sleep on their back and all the it's constantly shifting constantly changing so you never can reach a certain standard that you have set for yourself because it's never a stationary or objective and therefore you are just coping you're self-medicating you're coping we talked about this in a different podcast you are not your own by alan noble he nails it and in this, he talks about how one in every five, um, I think he says, he quotes some statistics, Every one in every five men are on some type of mental health or, or, or psychological drug. Mm. And so we're constantly just coping with things, even though we might see, it might seem like that person is living a really great, happy life, yeah. but we we're, we're crushing, we're, we're dying under the weight of these expectations that is set by who, by what, by culture at large saying, you need this, you need that, you need more of this, more of that, more, 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 more. And so when we come to talk to people like ourselves, even myself, I just feel like, man, I just blew that one. That was a terrible, that was a horrible week. I feel so busy. I feel so behind. I feel, Mm. what does Jesus say? Is that, is is that a standard that's unrealistic? An expectation that you've placed upon yourself, Sean? I, I told, talked to myself this way, you know, a million times the last year, 
Wait, yeah. is that an expectation that you've placed upon yourself, Sean? And my boss hasn't even said any of those things. If mm. my boss hasn't said those things, well, Jesus definitely hasn't, <laughs> you know? So yeah. what is his expectation of me to fall into his arms and to the grace that he has for me and the love that he has for me? We operate out of his love. Yeah. Anyway. No, that's really good. I mean, while you were talking, it just made me think about contentment mm -hmm. and so much of our discomfort, so much of our anxiety, our insecurity, our sense of inadequacy or failure come from this. Mm. Um, we haven't arrived. We haven't made it. We're right. falling short. This lack of contentment. Yeah. And when you can't be content, I mean, it just, it burns you out. Mm -hmm. And First Timothy 6 verses 6 through 10 really hit on this. It says, but godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into the world, and we cannot take anything out of the world. But if we have food and clothing, with these we will be content. But those who desire to be rich fall into temptation, into a snare, into many senseless and harmful desires that plunge people into ruin and destruction. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, in that, we could take everything we just said and think these desires to be rich or desires to make it to some level or desires for some goal, this lack of contentment can drive us into temptation, snares, senseless and harmful desires. They can plunge us into ruin and destruction. Mm -hmm. And many people may feel like they're on the brink of that, right. um, if not in it right now. It says, for the love of money is a root of all kinds of evils. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs. Mm -hmm. Then it's, what is it? Colossians 3, 5 says, talks about uh, our desires, evil desires. Right. And it eventually, it ends with covetousness. And right. it says covetousness, which is idolatry. And so this like chasing of something, whether it's people's approval or it's busyness to, for whatever reason, or it's status or achievement, like it's this coveting after something. What do I have to have? If I have this, then I'll be okay. Mm -hmm. If I have this, then I'll be happy. Or then I'll be able to rest. Then I'll have peace. Well, that coveting, that grasping, it's an idol in our lives that as long as we're worshiping it will lead us into destruction and pain. And I'm thinking about that right now because it caused me to ask the question right now while I'm tired and, and you know, not in a place that I think is, it's like, what idols are there in my life? Right. What things am I pursuing? What has a hold of my heart right now? And Right. I mean, my question, I don't know if it'll tie back into, I was, I wanted to ask you kind of what God is whispering and speaking to you oh, yeah, yeah, right yeah, now, on this, sure. but it's like, how do, my question for myself is how do we move from that state? Uh, how do we step back into this place of contentment and satisfaction with the words of God and identity with him and that being enough? So, yeah, I think it goes back to just asking ourselves a couple of questions. I think of the, um, I'll, I'll utilize Mark eight. I think it's Mark eight and it's in, I think all three, I think it's in Matthew, Mark and Luke where Jesus turns to his disciples and says, who do people say that I am? And then they say, well, some say Elijah, some say, you know, so on and so forth, the great prophet, great teacher, this and that. And then he says, well, who do you say that I am? And I think that's a good question for us to ask in so many words. It doesn't have to be exactly that. But um, who I say Jesus is, is a great 
foundation for how I live each day. It's not, it's a starting point, obviously. But if I believe Jesus to be trustworthy, to be filled with love for me, no matter what, way before I got anything right or wrong, if I believe Jesus to be king, that what he says is right and true and good, what he says is beautiful and lovely, mm-hmm. what he says is just, um, that informs my decision-making. How So what I believe to be true about Jesus is a great place to begin when I'm trying to shift away from some of this um, because if Jesus is Lord, to steal a bite off of C.S. Lewis a little bit, if he truly is who he said he is, and this is something that every Christian as well as searching person or non-Christian is for all of us. If he is who he says he is, then I can't live a certain way. I, there's a certain way I have to live yeah. my life. And um, and there, I'm grateful for his grace mm-hmm. to help me and his, and his Holy Spirit and the Spirit to empower me every day in order to do that. There's practicals that we can probably touch on but yeah well not even just the there's a way i have to live there is because he's lord right but there's a way i ought to desire to live there's a way that is best right and you said the word i was thinking of but you know god do i trust you like when you said who do you say that i am really easy for me to answer that i was like you're god your savior (laughs) right Mm -hmm. but then the other question is if jesus were to say do you trust me Mm -hmm. well I know that I trust him when I am willing to say yes to Sabbath, mm-hmm. yes to generosity, yes to rest. Mm-hmm. I know that I trust him when I say yes to stop because this world tells you you can't stop because if you stop, you're going to be behind or you're not going to achieve whatever or so-and-so will think whatever. Like, right. So do I trust him enough to pull back? Do I trust him enough to be content now? And right. it's not... I mean, you're totally right. It's not just that right. I have to, but also if I trust him, I really will desire this. And mm-hmm. to trust when I really trust him, that's challenging. When I really trust him, I will put down what I am currently carrying mm-hmm. to follow him. Mm-hmm. I'll drop the, the metaphorical net that I am, I'm trying to reel in whatever it is I'm chasing after. I'll drop that net and I will follow him. Yeah. And so it's a good question for me. I'll just throw the conviction at myself. But it's like, okay, Khalil, do you do you trust him? God, do I trust you right. in these things? What areas of my life right now am I not trusting you? Yeah, and to take some inventory there too. There's nothing wrong with that. And what's beautiful about Jesus is like what makes him so trustworthy is that he's not he's not ready with a um, massive bamboo stick to hit you over the head with. Mm-hmm. Like he's inviting us into this. That's the grace that he. He ha- that he is, um, it's an attribute, but it's who he is. He is grace. He is peace. He is love. He is comfort. He is these things. And so um, those are all invitations, invitations to mm-hmm. walk with him. And um, your desire will only, there's a, I'm totally botching it right now. It just hit me right now um, that there's this kind of this way of thinking that are, that you you don't you don't drift into holiness like mm-hmm. you don't you don't feel your way into action 
you act your way into yeah. feeling, you know? Yeah. And so you and I have actually yeah, had no, conversations no about ever that. just woken up one day and yeah. like, whoops, I'm more like Jesus yeah, today. Yeah, yeah. Like, oh, how'd that happen? Like you don't drift into right. godliness. And if, you, and if you don't feel it, and or if your mm -hmm. feelings are, I am feeling pressured at work or at school or wherever. I'm feeling pressure from this friend group. I'm feeling pressure from whatever. You may not feel like getting up 10 minutes early and just saying, you know, I'm just going to enter in because I love Jesus yeah. because I want to, you may not feel that, but eventually if you act your way into that, you'll start that desire grows. And then yeah. the other things, cause you're feeding it. We, we talk about eating scripture, mm. you know, healthy foods, we eat healthy foods and you yield healthy fruit. Mm -hmm. You know, if you, if you eat healthy physically, you stop, you stop desiring some of the bag of potato chips and yeah. the, the pizzas and all that other stuff sometimes yeah you know everyone's like there's a cheat day but you know what i mean so it's the right. same with scripture so if we're eating scripture you start to desire the things mm -hmm. of the spirit and not the flesh good. like galatians chapter five and six there so yeah and i would even just add it not to confuse metaphors mm -hmm. but if you if you don't eat food i mean we've seen the pictures of hyper malnourished mm -hmm. people mm -hmm. and when we don't feed on the scriptures, when right. we don't abide in, in Jesus and spend time with him, yeah. many of us today are spiritually malnourished and we don't even know it. All right. We are spiritually weak and depleted and crumbling and just because you can't see it on the outside right. because you're not just skin and bones. <laughs> like you, your spirit might be, your right. heart might be. And so I think it's a really good encouragement, Sean, like, even if you're not feeling it right now, because especially those who are hyper malnourished eventually lose their appetite. Right. You gotta, you gotta eat. You, you gotta, you gotta feast on the word and spend time in the scripture and do that even when you don't feel like it. And again, Jesus is saying, is beckoning you to him, but he's saying, will you trust me enough to do this right. even when you don't feel right. it? That's an invitation. And I, I think for myself, you know, putting myself in the shoes of, you know, the multiple different types of people who are listening, you know, those who are, um, who have a lot of expectations at work to those who might be a high school student that's listening, um, to a grandma or grandpa, um, starting somewhere. If you've gotten off track, if you've gotten, like for me, I recognize when I've gotten off track in feasting on the scripture, mm -hmm. time just in, in silence or in meditation um, walks around, um, a pond or a lake or in, within nature, I recognize in my soul deeply that there's something that I'm longing for. Yeah. And so starting somewhere, starting small, whether you've never, you've never done, um, any of the ancient practices that we talk about to those who have done them for years, but have maybe gotten off track or need to freshen it up like you have been recently. Um, just that, hopefully will encourage mm. uh, encourage our listeners so yeah that's good maybe ask the holy spirit what is one practice that would increase my devotion yeah yeah so one practice one practice i'm just gonna like i'll it. commit to one yeah and to doing it and having a rhythm and a habit of it right and god i'll see what you will do yeah he's faithful right he is sufficient and his everything his love his peace, his kindness, his generosity is abundant. It's abundant. We serve an abundant God as well as a sufficient one. Um, I think it's good. 
Yeah, it's good. I don't know if there's anything good else you want to say, but um, as we were talking, and thank you, Sean, for sharing you yeah. know, and, and being authentic. I think that means a lot just to know, oh, other people are, <laughs> are experiencing stuff too. Yeah, uh, definitely. But with this, I feel like there's just a reminder, hopefully maybe for everyone listening, is uh, to abide in Jesus, mm-hmm. whatever you're facing. Abide in his word. Let his word be true. Spend time with him above all things. Be with him most. We all have a tendency to drift, to drift away. Mm -hmm. And in some ways, I've drifted. I've drifted. Mm -hmm. Jesus, forgive me for drifting. Um, Draw me back to you. Right. I I, I commit to following you again. And and we're all invited to come right back into the Father's arms every single day. So Mm -hmm. that's a good encouragement for me. It is. It is. I would I would say to end it I'll throw it back to you Khalil but I would say um maybe a little homework to remind us of the character of God is the parable of the lost sons and uh, the lost called coin, the prodigal son the prodigal sons yep yeah the prodigal son or the prodigal sons um that that would be that'd be a good homework not a not a long read but there's a Jesus does a triple back-to-back-to-back parables, and all three of them would be good. So, yeah. yeah. Well, thanks, listeners, as always, for jumping around the table with us. And if you enjoy the conversation, it's meaningful for you. Give us a rating. Give us a review. Subscribe to the show so you can get future episodes. Share. Share this with someone who may benefit from it today. Maybe they're in a similar spot, Mm -hmm. um, need some encouragement and some help, or maybe it's just someone that you're walking with, doing a discipleship or friendship relationship with, and you could share this and talk about it together. We love being a part of your life on this show, and we love getting to be invited into the spiritual conversations and formation of your life. So until the next show, just continue to live the faith, continue to step closer to Jesus, abide in him, and let him abide in you, and you'll bear fruit, and you'll sense God's presence and his love. God bless. <laughs>